Well, in our October series on five obstacles to gratitude, we have looked at nostalgia. Nostalgia in the sense of not so much appreciating history, but kind of gussing up our memories of history and making an idol of the past. Of worry. Worry is an obstacle because it gets in the way of our trusting God. Of entitlement. I deserve better and you don't kind of thing. Greed. Where we care more about things than about God or the children of God. And today we consider another obstacle. Disappointment. Our text tells the last story of Moses, whose life has spanned four of the first five books of the Bible, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We will read the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy in which God shows Moses a mountain view of the promised land. And then Moses hears unwelcome news and dies. So listen now for God's word for us in the 34th chapter of Deuteronomy. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Dan, and all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev and the plain. That is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. Let me interrupt myself and say I have a map here and afterwards you can look and see where some of these places are because they're not, they're not like, if I say where's McGee's Crossroads, you know where that is, <laughs> but some of these you may not be familiar with. So the Lord said to Moses, this is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. Then the period of mourning was, for Moses was ended. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him and the Israelites obeyed him doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land, and for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. 
Amen. Have you ever been disappointed? No, I don't mean has the team you were pulling for, maybe betting on, have they ever lost? Or, and I'm not meaning, has the store sold out of that special item that was on sale that you wanted? Or has some purchase, like my dead Fitbit, failed to live up to your expectations? But, have you worked on something for years, maybe even for decades, only have your hopes dashed just when the goal was in sight? If you've ever known that kind of deep, devastating disappointment, well, maybe you can imagine how Moses felt up there on the mountain as God said, this is the land I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying, I'll give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over there. Think about that a while. Moses put a float in a basket by his mama to save him, rescued by Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him, raised him as her son, educated as a prince of Egypt, as the movie says, prince of Egypt. He stands up for some Israelite slaves who are being beaten by their taskmasters. He kills the villains and has to go on the land. When he's way out there in the desert, he meets a girl at a well and eventually marries her. Tending sheep for his father-in-law, Jethro, he sees a burning bush. He's called by God to take a forward message to Pharaoh, the head of Egypt. Let my people go. When Pharaoh finally gives in after all those plagues and such, Moses and his people are almost driven into the sea by Pharaoh's army coming after them until God intervenes. And then the people of Israel wander in the desert for 40 years. And here they are just about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. And God tells Moses, they're going, but not you. Now that's bone-crushing, heartbreaking, devastating, disappointment. So what did Moses do? Did he cuss and fuss and what? That's not fair. <laughs> did he find some lawyers and file a lawsuit? Did he write an anti-Yahweh book filled with accusations? And another thing he did? No. He died. That's all the scripture tells us. I think I know why Moses didn't protest. You see... I don't think his goal was to go into the promised land and enjoy that milk and honey it was flowing with. I think his goal was to serve God. And I think Moses had been through so much with God that he knew he could trust God no matter what. Now most of us, I dare say none of us is called to lead a people out of slavery, well, maybe you are, but or to lead people through hard and uncertain times in the desert for decades. 
But just like Moses, we do have our, we have our times of disappointment when our, our plans don't match God's plans. You can read in Proverbs, uh, the human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. Our plans may not fit God's plans. And because we do get our hopes up, we do slide into wishful thinking. Disappointment may be one of those things that's just unavoidable. Well, you know, death and taxes are the main things you usually hear can't be avoided, right? By the way, there's a humorist named Will Rogers. He said, the difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get any worse every time Congress or the legislature meets. <laughs> well, disappointment is one of those sad facts of life that we cannot avoid. So if we can't avoid it, eh, maybe we need to learn some skills to cope with it. Kind of like Paul wrote to Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Or for that matter, the psalmist told us what to do when we find ourselves saying, why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within me? Or words to that effect. The psalmist says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. So when we have frustrations and discouraging disappointments, it helps to remember promises. Well, like in, Paul wrote in Romans 5, suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. It can help if we learn a little of that what I call psychology math. Psychology math is kind of like, well, it's kind of like that old economics principle you've no doubt heard, said, if your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> well, the psychology math is like this. It's not as funny, but if our <laughs> expectations exceed reality, we will be disappointed. Disappointed with our objects, our friendships, our children, our marriage, our life. Now sometimes, sometimes you can improve on an outcome by working harder, studying more, spending more efficiently, saving, or whatever. But sometimes, sometimes not. There are times we need to learn to lower our expectations to find a, a more likely level something closer to reality. Well, for instance, if you expect that frozen TV donor to taste just like mama's cooking, <laughs> you might find yourself disappointed. <laughs> or else you had a disappointing mama. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell a friend a juicy, embarrassing secret about yourself. You may be disappointed to learn who else hears that secret. <laughs> if your day has to go perfectly, exactly according to your plan, you may be disappointed. I've seen people post on Facebook, somebody parked in my favorite space and then my whole day's been ruined. 
<laughs> I think they had a whole bunch of days right if that was the case. Well, the challenge is to avoid setting expectations so low that we run off hope because we've got to have hope. Okay, so let's get back to Moses and the children of Israel. Let me ask you something. Have you ever, you ever looked at a map of the Old Testament Middle East and wondered, why well, that's 728 kilometers. I mean, uh, it's about 450 miles. So why did it take them so long to walk from Egypt to the Promised Land, or at least to Mount Nebo? If you think about it, the children of Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years. Well, do the math. You know, if you said, well, there's a bunch of people and they had a bunch of stuff to carry and all that. And even if they said, we can't travel on the Sabbath six days a week in a couple of years doing a mile a day, you'd think you'd get there. But they didn't travel the straight path. They weren't on a path or a highway. They were on a journey. They had lessons to learn along the way. You remember that they had fussed at Moses saying one day that they were, well, back in Egypt, we had meaty meals and all the rolls you could eat. Well, they called it the flesh pots of Egypt, but that's what they meant. You see, they had a nostalgia problem. They edited their memories, how, greatly it, how great it was to live back in Egypt, and they kind of left off that part about how, you know, you were slaves and you were oppressed, and it was getting worse. They also had worry problems. They kept telling Moses they were afraid that he had brought them out in the desert to die of hunger and thirst. They had entitlement issues. They felt entitled to have a God they could see, so they had Aaron make that golden calf for them to worship while Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. And greed, well, they weren't greedy for money or things so much as we can be, but they were greedy for power. They wanted control, and they often resisted their need to trust God. Disappointment was a problem for them in the sense that they were not happy that God's plans for them did not match their plans. We're a lot like them, aren't we? Nostalgia, worry, entitlement, greed, and disappointment. They were problems for the children of Israel that Moses led out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land, a land described as flowing with milk and honey. And those issues plague us still. They get in the way of our having a right relationship with God or with each other. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has freed us from the slavery of guilty sin. Things that get in the way of our right response to the gift of God's grace. Things like nostalgia, worry, entitlement, greed, and disappointment. Those things are huge obstacles to gratitude and the hindrances to the life that we have been invited to. We have been called to. You see, remember my sign? It's not that we got to be thankful and faithful disciples of Jesus. We get to. Thanks be to God. Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, let us press on toward the goal of becoming 
disciples of Jesus Christ. Now may the grace of God the Father bless you with peace. May the love of Jesus Christ sustain you in joy. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with hope and gratitude this day and evermore. God has been made known to us in deeds of power, signs and wonders, and God has promised that he will not abandon us. So let us claim that promise and together confess the truth about our lives. Oh God, we confess that we get discouraged and downhearted. We set ourselves up for disappointment that get in the way the abundant, joyful life you created us for. We expect more of others than they are likely to deliver. We somehow hope that we will succeed in all that we do, even when we don't invest our best efforts. We have high expectations of others, but lower standards for ourselves. We pray that your will be done as you taught us to pray, but we confess that we would really prefer things to go to suit us. Lord, forgive our foolish ways. Help us to extend to others the grace and forgiveness you freely grant us. Help us to live with gratitude to you, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our sustainer and help us to spread the gospel good news of salvation through jesus christ our lord our savior our friend amen and now in silent prayer let us talk with god about those sins we really don't want to talk about out loud Amen. God is our refuge and will not abandon us. In Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled to God. This is the promise of peace and joy that brings us hope. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that you and I, we are forgiven. Friends in Christ, in response to this gift of God's amazing grace, how then shall we live? With gratitude, following after the Lord Jesus Christ, who calls us to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves. This is the way of Jesus, in whom we find life.